Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to play a video series, a brand new video series that I've been in the making for years. And the reason it's taken years is because it's not me just teaching straight from Scripture. I'm actually bringing in quotes, slides, information, statistics, and things. And I've had my media department go in and, and produce this as a product a little bit different than anything I've ever done before. But I'm excited about it. This is something God told me to do years ago, and it has been years in the making, and I believe it's going to be a real blessing. Today, I'm going to start talking about creationism. To have a biblical worldview, I, I think that this is a starting place. You have to accept what the Bible has to say about creation instead of the evolutionist ideas that are rampant, even in the church today. So watch this. I'll be back at the end of today's program. Well, today we are beginning our third teaching in a series on biblical worldview. The very first session I taught about how important a worldview is, how that everyone has one, whether you recognize it or not. And it's a way that it flavors everything that comes our way. It forms all of our opinions. We see life through a lens that is called a worldview. And for a Christian, we need to have a biblical worldview. And I spent a lot of time talking about that. I think that's really important that you understand the importance of what we're talking about. Then the second topic in this series was talking about the accuracy of the Bible, the infallibility of the Bible, the fact that the Bible was God-breathed, that people wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And I went into a lot of detail on that. I tell you, if you don't put faith in the Word of God, it'll profit you nothing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says that the word preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so for the word of God to release its power and profit you, you have to put faith in it. And so that was what my second teaching was all about, was about the accuracy of the scripture, what the Bible had to say about itself. We went to the number of manuscripts, the fact that uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls and so many different things the sheer volume of manuscripts that we have that are copies of the original copies of the Word of God are proof of the accuracy of it. And then I spent a lot of time talking about prophecy and we went through probably 50 prophecies that had been fulfilled just in the life of Jesus. There are over 300 prophecies that predict the details of Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection in great detail and the chances of just a few of those things being accomplished in one person are astronomical. And the fact that 300 of them were fulfilled to the exact letter is one of the greatest proofs to the accuracy of Scripture that it is not a book that man wrote about God, but it is a book that God inspired man to write. Very important. What I want to deal with today is to talk about biblical creationism versus evolution. And I mentioned this on the previous topic, but if you believe that science and 
things like the geologic column and astronomy and things like this have uh, contradicted the Bible and therefore the Bible cannot be trusted that the Bible is only an allegory, just a representation, but it can't be taken literally. Well, then again, that takes faith away from the accuracy of the Scripture and it completely undermines our faith. I've used this in every session so far, but when Satan came against Adam and Eve, the very first thing he did in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 is saying, Hath God said, If Satan cannot get us to doubt the accuracy of God's Word, then he cannot get us into sin. And this is at the crux of everything. You have to believe in the accuracy of God's Word, and you have to believe in the accuracy of what the Bible says about creation. On my previous teaching, I went into more detail on this, but let me quickly just refer once again that Moses is the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Moses spent 80 days in the presence of God without food or water, which is physically impossible to do. He saw the glory of God. He heard the audible voice of God. He saw the presence of God. He radiated light. He reflected light. His face shone when he came down. This man was in the presence of God like as far as I know no one else on the earth has ever been. And he was inspired to write the book of Genesis because of that experience. And I believe that what he wrote was accurate. And I believe that it is literally the way that he uh, presented it in the book of Genesis. Let me just start by saying that the Bible and evolution are incompatible. And I know that there's people that disagree with that. They talk about theistic evolution. I'm going to deal with that in just a moment. But I believe that this is a true statement. If you just take the first five words in the Bible, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created. That right there dispels evolution. Evolution believes that it just happened accidentally. It was random and it happened over millions and millions of years. So for anyone who believes the Bible, the first five words in Genesis should completely end the discussion about evolution because the Bible says God created in the beginning. And Darwin's original work on this, The Origin of the Species, it has been a catalyst for empowering many, many ungodly people over the last 150 years. For instance, Karl Marx, who lived from 1818 through 1883, he saw survival of the fittest as validating his dialectical conflict where labor and community organizers would create domestic chaos to enable communist dictators to usurp power. If the fruit is bad, then the root has to also be bad. Here's what Karl Marx wrote to LaSalle in January 16, 1861. He said, Darwin's book is very important and serves me as a basis in natural selection for the class struggle in history. Karl Marx dedicated a personal copy of his book, Das Kapital, to Charles Darwin, inscribing that he was a sincere admirer of Darwin. So look at other people that Darwin influenced. Margaret Sanger, she's one that started Planned Parenthood. Friedrich Engels, he co-authored the Communist Manifesto with Karl Marx in 1848. Vladimir Lenin, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, the communist dictator, Pol Pot, Cambodian revolutionary leader, and others 
whose eugenic policies and totalitarian regimes aborted, killed, and enslaved millions of people. I think it's actually accurate to say that Darwin's evolution theory emboldened and empowered every despot of the 20th century. That is quite a statement. But again, I go back to the statement here. Jesus said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Also in Luke chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus said, Every tree is known by his own fruit, for of thorns man did not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. You know, if something is producing bad fruit, then it's a bad tree. And you look at the people that Charles Darwin influenced through his writings, every single despot of the 20th century was empowered, emboldened by Darwin. Here's some more quotes. Darwin published his Origin of the Species in 1859 and Descent of Man in 1871. And here's what Darwin wrote. He said, With savages, the weak in body or mind are soon eliminated. We civilized men, on the other hand, build asylums for the imbecile, the maimed, and the sick. Thus the weak members propagate their kind. No one who had attended to the breeding of domestic animals will doubt that this must be highly injurious to the race of man. Hardly anyone is so ignorant as to allow his worst animals to breed. Can you see what Darwin, what evolution led to? We aren't created in the image of God. We are nothing different than an animal. He compares us to breeding animals, and we ought to get rid of the imbecile, the maimed, and the sick. Darwin went on to say, Civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider, for it will intervene between man in a more civilized state, as we may hope, even than the Caucasian and some ape as low as a baboon, instead of as now between the Negro or Australian and the gorilla. You know, that's a little complicated for me. I'm not sure that I got everything, but I can certainly see that he considered the Negro and an Australian to be on the par of a gorilla. And this is just terrible. This is what a theistic or any type of evolution mindset leads to, is that you aren't created in the image of God. You're just a man that's evolved, and therefore we don't have a responsibility to a creator. Therefore, we can't go by some arbitrary standard that the Bible puts down. We're each to establish what's right and wrong for us. Relativism, all of these things came out of this. If the fruit is bad, the root is bad. Or you could say it this way, if the root is bad, which I'm showing you through Darwin and the things he said, well, then the fruit is also bad. Look at this. Social Darwinism was used to justify racism as in the Supreme Court decision in Dred Scott versus Sanford, 1856. This was written by Chief Justice Roger Taney, and he was appointed by the Democrat President Andrew Jackson. And it says, in the Dred Scott decision, here's what it said. Slaves had been regarded as beings of an inferior order, so far inferior that they had no rights which the white man was bound to respect and that the Negro might justly and lawfully be reduced to slavery for his benefit. 
Again, this is an evolutionist attitude that men aren't created in the image of God that we just evolved. That is the influence that that has. Darwin's theory influenced Margaret Sanger, who is the one who started Planned Parenthood. She was named the Humanist of the Year in 1957, and she promoted eugenics and forced sterilization to eliminate inferior races. That's exactly what Planned Parenthood was started for. This is her own statements. She founded a 501c3 called Planned Parenthood, and she began a Negro project in 1939 to reduce the African-American population. This was the purpose of Planned Parenthood, is to abort babies specifically of the African-American race so that they would decrease their population. She considered them an inferior race, and that's what eugenics is, is the breeding of people to produce a superior race. Here's some of the things that she said. She said, the lower down in the scale of human development we go, the less sexual control we find. It is said, the Aboriginal Australian, the lowest known species of the human family, is just a step higher than the chimpanzee in brain development. Man, this is terrible. I'm not saying these things. I'm reading you the statements by the woman, Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood, and this is her own writings. They're out there for anybody to know. And anybody who supports Planned Parenthood is not only supporting the abortion, the killing of millions and millions. As of date, it's over 60 million children have been killed in their mother's womb. But you are also practicing eugenics, trying to breed a superior race. It's the exact same thing that Hitler did. Matter of fact, Margaret Sanger was a great admirer of Hitler and loved his eugenics policies. Margaret Sanger wrote in her own biography, she addressed the Ku Klux Klan rally in Silver Lake, New Jersey in 1938. And she wrote, calling for the elimination of human weeds, overrunning the human garden, for the cessation of charity because it prolonged the lives of the unfit, for the segregation of morons, misfits, and the maladjusted, and for the sterilization of genetically inferior races. You know where she got this from? From Darwin, from evolution. It empowered her to be able to do that. Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood is the vehicle that has been used to abort over 60 million children. It has received funding since the days of Richard Nixon. He started the Title X Family Planning Service and Population Research Act in 1970. And in 2017, the U.S. House and Senate continued to fund Planned Parenthood with $543.7 million for that one year. President Trump has wanted to stop the funding of Planned Parenthood. Some states have even passed laws that uh, defunded Planned Parenthood, and the uh, federal courts have overruled this and have kept those things from going into place. But this is all a result of a belief in evolution and not realizing that every single person was created by God and has a purpose. So her magazine was called The Birth Control Review. It was published in April of 1933, and she published an article by Nazi Party member Ernst Rudin. Here's what he wrote. He advocated eliminating those with hereditary defects, and I may get this wrong, but the German word is untermisch, 
something like that. It means a person considered racially or socially inferior from the human gene pool, which led to millions dying in the Holocaust. And Margaret Sanger not only admired that, she put his article in her magazine, This is the Root of Planned Parenthood. Anybody who supports what is often called women's rights, specifically talking about a woman's right to abortion, is an accessory to murder. That's what it is. And that's a strong statement. Darwin influenced Joseph Stalin. And in the book, Landmarks in the Life of Stalin, that book said, at a very early age, while still a pupil in the ecclesiastical school, Comrade Stalin developed a critical mind and revolutionary sentiments. He began to read Darwin and became an atheist. And so Joseph Stalin stated in his common core indoctrination, he said, there are three things that we do to disabuse the minds of our seminary students. We had to teach them the age of the earth, the geologic origin, and Darwin's teachings. And so this is Stalin saying that this is what he did to affect people. Before they would adopt his programs and submit to him, he had to submit them to Darwin's teaching. Stalin used famine, forced labor, executions to eliminate seven million Ukrainians. That is the fruit of Darwinism. Stalin's notorious 1937 order number 00447 called for the mass execution and exile of socially harmful elements as enemies of the people. And it's estimated that he killed over eight to 61 million people. Darwin also influenced Mao Zedong, who stated, and this is Zedong's own statement, Chinese socialism is founded upon Darwin and the theory of evolution. Mao Zedong's atheistic Communist Party policies resulted in an estimated 80 million deaths. Pol Pot's communist Khmer Rouge killed two million Cambodians in his killing fields between 1975 and 1979 and Darwinists believe that there were some people that were more evolved than others, and that's what Pol Pot quoted. He cited Darwin as he killed all of these people. Again, if the fruit is bad, then I can guarantee you the root is bad. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 12 and Luke chapter 6. President Lincoln countered this attitude in his Gettysburg Address. Here's what he said. America is a new nation dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And that is a belief that goes completely against Darwinism. Darwinism, no, everybody is just, it's random, it's haphazard, we aren't created, we aren't designed, and therefore we have the right to breed the same as we breed cattle or sheep or anything like that. Both American leaders, Democrats and Republicans have voiced this same thing. This is one of the foundation principles of our Constitution that all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, stated in the United Flag Day broadcast June the 14th, 1942, he said, The belief in man created free in the image of God is the crucial difference between ourselves and the enemies we face. And of course, he was speaking primarily against Nazism and their eugenics policies. 
PRESIDENT EISENHOWER STATED ON HIS RETURN FROM THE GENEVA CONFERENCE IN JULY 25, 1955, HE SAID, THE WIDE GULF THAT SEPARATES SO FAR EAST AND WEST LIES BETWEEN THE CONCEPT OF MAN MADE IN THE IMAGE OF HIS GOD AND THE CONCEPT OF MAN AS A MERE INSTRUMENT OF THE STATE. EVOLUTION IS THE THING THAT STRIKES AT THIS BELIEF THAT WE WERE CREATED, THAT WE WERE DESIGNED, THAT WE HAVE A PURPOSE, THAT WE HAVE A RESPONSIBILITY NOT ONLY TO GOD BUT TO OTHER PEOPLE. AND IF YOU TAKE THAT AWAY, THAT UNDERMINES THE WHOLE PRINCIPLES OF AMERICA. THAT UNDERMINES ALL OF THE DEALINGS BETWEEN MEN. IF ANOTHER PERSON OVER HERE IS JUST AN EVOLVED ANIMAL THAT JUST HAPPENED RANDOMLY AND THERE IS NO ACCOUNTABILITY TO A GOD, WELL, THEN WE CAN DO WHAT WE WANT TO, AND WE CAN KILL PEOPLE. AS YOU'VE HEARD, ALL OF THESE DESPOTS, ALL OF THESE PEOPLE WHO HAVE BEEN RESPONSIBLE FOR THE DEATHS OF MILLIONS AND MILLIONS OF PEOPLE, EVERY ONE OF THEM GOES BACK AND CITES EVOLUTION AS THEIR RIGHT TO DO IT. IN PSALMS CHAPTER 36, VERSE 1, IT SAYS, THE TRANSGRESSION OF THE WICKED SAITH WITHIN MY HEART THAT THERE IS NO FEAR OF GOD BEFORE HIS EYES. WHEN YOU REMOVE GOD AS OUR CREATOR AND US BEING RESPONSIBLE TO HIM, THAT WE ARE GOING TO GIVE AN ACCOUNT SOMEDAY, WELL, THEN THAT JUST SETS PEOPLE FREE TO GO LIVE IN SIN. AND THIS IS WHY I BELIEVE THAT PEOPLE HAVE EMBRACED AND PROMOTED EVOLUTION SO MUCH IS BECAUSE IT JUSTIFIES THEIR UNGODLY ACTS. THEY DON'T WANT THE WORD OF GOD TO GET IN THE WAY OF WHAT THEY'RE WANTING TO DO. THEY LOVE THEIR IMMORALITY. THEY LOVE BEING ABLE TO GO OUT AND SLEEP AROUND AND HAVE WHATEVER, OR EVEN MARRY PEOPLE OF THE SAME SEX AND CHANGE THEIR GENDER AND DO ALL OF THIS. THEY KNOW THAT THE WORD OF GOD STANDS AGAINST THIS. AND SO THEY WILLINGLY EMBRACE EVOLUTION AS A JUSTIFICATION THAT EVERYTHING IS RELATIVE, THAT THERE ISN'T A GOD WHO HAS A PERFECT STANDARD, THAT EACH ONE OF US IS FREE TO COME UP WITH WHAT IS RIGHT FOR EACH ONE OF US, RELATIVISM. AND THAT IS ABSOLUTELY WRONG. PROVERBS CHAPTER 16, VERSE 6 SAYS, BY MERCY AND TRUTH INIQUITY IS PURGED, AND BY THE FEAR OF THE LORD MEN DEPART FROM EVIL. THE REASON PEOPLE ARE NOT DEPARTING FROM EVIL TODAY IS BECAUSE THEY DO NOT HAVE A FEAR OF THE LORD. PROVERBS CHAPTER 8, VERSE 13 SAYS, THE FEAR OF THE LORD IS TO HATE EVIL, PRIDE AND ARROGANCY, AND EVERY EVIL WAY DO I HATE. WHEN PEOPLE GET AWAY FROM A FEAR OF GOD, WHICH COMES THROUGH UNDERSTANDING WHO GOD IS AND WHAT HIS STANDARDS ARE AND WHAT HE IS HOLDING US ACCOUNTABLE FOR, WELL, THEN THEY GO LIVE IN SIN. AND WE SEE THIS HAPPENING IN EPIDEMIC PROPORTIONS TODAY BECAUSE THE WORD OF GOD HAS BEEN TAKEN AWAY, A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW, A BIBLICAL STANDARD OF MORALITY, AND IT IS ENABLING THESE THINGS. AND ONE OF THE BIGGEST ENABLERS FOR UNGODLINESS IS A EVOLUTIONIST TYPE MENTALITY THAT WE JUST EVOLVED SOMEHOW. PRESIDENT EISENHOWER SAID WHEN HE WAS ADDRESSING THE AMERICAN FEDERATION OF LABOR AND CONGRESS OF INDUSTRIAL ORGANIZATIONS, DECEMBER THE 5TH, 1955, HE SAID, MAN IS CREATED IN THE DIVINE IMAGE AND HAS SPIRITUAL ASPIRATIONS THAT TRANSCEND THE MATERIAL. AGAIN, THIS IS THE MAN THAT WAS THE HEAD OF THE INVASION FORCES IN EUROPE AND ONE OF THE GREAT PEOPLE THAT GOD USED TO OVERTHROW THE NAZIS, HITLER, DURING WORLD WAR II. AND THIS MAN WHO WAS USED SO MIGHTILY OF GOD WAS EXPRESSING THAT WE ARE CREATED BY THE DIVINE. EISENHOWER SAID IN SPIRITUAL FOUNDATION OF AMERICAN DEMOCRACY CONFERENCE, NOVEMBER THE 9TH, 1954, HE SAID, MILTON ASSERTED THAT ALL MEN ARE BORN EQUAL BECAUSE EACH IS BORN IN THE IMAGE OF HIS GOD. 
OUR WHOLE THEORY OF GOVERNMENT FINALLY EXPRESSED IN OUR DECLARATION SAID, MAN IS ENDOWED BY HIS CREATOR. WHEN YOU COME BACK TO IT, THERE'S JUST ONE THING. A MAN IS WORTHWHILE BECAUSE HE WAS BORN IN THE IMAGE OF HIS GOD. WHEN YOU TAKE THAT AWAY FROM HUMANITY AND YOU MAKE US JUST AN EVOLVED ANIMAL THAT HAPPENED ACCIDENTALLY, IT WAS RANDOM AND IT TOOK MILLIONS AND BILLIONS OF YEARS FOR ALL OF THIS TO COME TO PASS, THEN YOU TAKE AWAY A KNOWLEDGE OF A CREATOR, YOU TAKE AWAY ACCOUNTABILITY TO A CREATOR, AND THAT'S WHAT CAUSES ALL OF THESE PROBLEMS. EISENHOWER ALSO SAID WHEN HE ADDRESSED THE U.S. INFORMATION AGENCY NOVEMBER THE 10TH, 1953, HE SAID, THE THINGS FOR WHICH THE AMERICANS STAND ARE THOSE THINGS WHICH ENRICH HUMAN LIFE, WHICH ENNOBLE MAN BECAUSE HE IS AN INDIVIDUAL CREATED IN THE IMAGE OF HIS GOD AND TRYING TO DO HIS BEST ON THIS EARTH. IF YOU TAKE THAT AWAY AND IF WE AREN'T INSPIRED BY GOD AND BY GOD'S EXAMPLE OF GIVING HIS LIFE FOR US, IF YOU TAKE THAT AWAY FROM HUMANITY, I GUARANTEE YOU WE WOULD DEGRADE INTO CHAOS, WHICH IS WHAT WE SEE HAPPENING IN OUR WORLD. PRAISE GOD. MAN, I, I TELL YOU, THIS IS AWESOME. I LOVE THE WORD OF GOD. AND WHEN YOU SEE HOW IT IS ACCURATE, EVEN SCIENTIFICALLY ACCURATE, AND YOU BEGIN TO SEE ALL OF THESE THINGS THAT PEOPLE ARE SAYING TODAY AS PROVEN FACT ABOUT EVOLUTION, AND YOU REALIZE IT'S NOT FACT, THAT THE BIBLE IS THE INERRANT AND ACCURATE WORD OF GOD. I TELL YOU, IT JUST BUILDS YOUR FAITH. I THINK THAT THIS SERIES IS GOING TO MAKE A HUGE IMPACT ON THE BODY OF CHRIST, AND I'M EXCITED ABOUT IT. SO WE'VE GOT BRAND NEW PRODUCT ON THIS. I ENCOURAGE YOU TO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AS HE GIVES YOU ALL OF THE DETAILS OF HOW YOU CAN GET IT, AND PLEASE TAKE ADVANTAGE OF THIS TODAY. TODAY, ANDREW'S PLEASED TO OFFER HIS HIGHLY ANTICIPATED SERIES, BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW, FOUNDATIONAL TRUTHS. IN THIS SERIES, ANDREW OUTLINES THE IMPORTANCE FOR EVERY CHRISTIAN BELIEVER TO HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. Each of the 12 lessons in this series include a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120. Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I WOULD RUN THE SOUND WHILE SHE WAS DOING THE PRAISE AND WORSHIP, AND THEN SHE'D COME BACK AND RUN THE SOUND WHILE I WAS PREACHING. WE DID IT ALL OURSELVES. NOW WE HAVE SO MANY PEOPLE HELPING US, AND IT COULDN'T HAPPEN WITHOUT YOU. IT'S VERY TRUE. WE'RE VERY THANKFUL FOR OUR PARTNERS AND WHAT THEY'RE DOING, AND YOU'RE GOING AROUND THE WORLD, TOO, AND EVERYTHING THAT THIS Amen. MINISTRY DOES. AMEN. SO WE JUST WANTED TO SAY A SPECIAL THANK YOU and uh, we love you. And every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net.
or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on September the 24th through the 26th for our Identity in Christ Conference. I'm going to have Pastor Dwayne Sheriff with me. He's one of my great friends. He is one of the most powerful ministers that I know. And both of us, it is this truth about who we are in Christ, a revelation of what I call spirit, soul, and body that has changed our lives. And we are just going to take both of our teachings, both of our revelations, what God has done in our life, and just pour it into you for these three days. Remember, it's September the 24th through the 26th, our Identity in Christ Conference.